they, they would experience that fatherly wisdom that you have for them today. That Lord, you just speak a word in due season into their lives. Lord, I'm honored to carry the gift that you've given me, Lord. I certainly didn't deserve it. Drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, lying, cheating, awful human being. But Lord, you chose me to reveal your son in me. And Lord, I just thank you that you grace me and empower me to serve these people today and help them to experience how much you love them. And Lord, I just thank you that you'd flood my heart with so much love that everything that's, that is, that you would help me to love them the way that you love them, Lord. And that, that they, that I could just step out of the way and Jesus could shine through today, Father. We just, we thank you for that, Lord. We receive your words today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, Dan, will you come up here, please? Will you help me out, man? And I just want to give a, I just kept getting a visual in my, uh, in my heart this morning. Will you stand right here while I was preaching, and then will you just face me? Yes. Okay. And so, um, I just want to kind of get, a, get a, a good solid visual to help convey something to all of us here right now for just a moment. But Dan, will you, will you, cl- will you cover your eyes with one of your hands, like where you can't see? Yeah. And then will you stick your hand out towards me, okay? Now, how many know that, you can grab my hand, how many know that God loves Dan? Big time. And... Um, how many know that, that, that God loves all of us in this room right now? Big time, right? Um, I've known Dan for a long time. Um, he's a wonderful man. And uh, how many know that, uh, that Dan is forgiven? Can you get an amen? How many know that you're forgiven? And uh, how many know the blood of Jesus is enough to have cleansed us all? Can you get an amen, right? And let's pretend like this right here is Dan's 2021. This is the road ahead of him. How many know we all have a road ahead of us this year, right? And so, you know, we've been sharing and, and teaching on, on this year, and um, I don't believe it's going to be an easy year, um, but I, I do believe that God's people are going to be blessed and we're going to flourish and we're going to prosper, but I also believe there's going to be a lot of opportunity for development this year. How many know it's not a time to run from your giants? It's time to run towards the giants. Okay, it's not a time to be afraid. It's not a time to draw back. It's time to move forward and develop. You don't develop without adversity. You don't develop without challenge. God's not asking you to be stronger than your problems this year. God's asking you to trust that He is stronger than your problems this year. And that He's going to rescue you and He's going to deliver you and He's going to help you. Amen? And so, and, so, uh, we, and so anyway, so with that, so now got 2021 ahead of Dan, right? I mean, Dan doesn't know what's in his future. I mean, you don't either. Now, we know that, we know that our God uh, has a future for us and a hope for us and plans towards us. But how I many know we don't know what's around the corner? We don't know what's in next week. But how I many know our God does? How I many our God's eyes are fully open to this year and sees it from start to finish 
Every mistake that you make, every failure that you, that you fall into, every challenge that you have, how I many know it's already all been paid for on the cross? Can you get an amen? Done deal. From an eternal perspective. That's how powerful the finished work of the cross is, right? But how I many know that, that, that there are consequences to our actions, though? Can I get, can I get an oh me? Right? And so what we want is we want, I don't want to navigate 2021 with my intellect or my wisdom or even my experience. I don't want what I can produce. I've known that for a long time. How many know we want what God has? And so what God has, how many know God in the form of relationship is going to... How many know it always happens to have a place of relationship? Primarily with Scripture. Can I get an amen on Scripture? Secondarily by the leading of the Spirit. How many know the Spirit of God is going to connect the dots of, Spirit, of the Scriptures? Amen, Right? And so God's going to lead him and guide him because God has a good plan for him. How many know it's really important for him to understand that he's right with God? That's your part. You've got to believe the cross is a success. If you don't believe that you're right with God, God hasn't stopped connecting with you because He lives inside of you. But you've frustrated your connection with Him because you're believing the lie that the cross was not successful. And you're not forgiven. And God's somehow against you. Okay? Did Jesus do a good job on the cross? Yeah. He did a great job. And so that means there's no... There, God's not disconnecting from us. What, we, what happens is we disconnect from Him because we believe the lie that He's upset or angry with us. Okay, but He's not. How I many you know there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus? It's the primary fight of your faith. It's the primary attack of the enemy is to accuse you and to try to get you to feel like God's disappointed in you and mad at you and all that bunch of crap. It's garbage. I ask you again, did Jesus do a good job on the cross? That means all your sins and lawless deeds, He will remember no more. What God sees, Dan, God sees absolute perfection. Because He's perfect in the Spirit. Now Dan makes mistakes in his mind, with his hands, but how many of the Lord has paid for all of his mistakes to secure Dan and his family? Because God loves Dan. The sum total of who Dan is is more than what he can do. More than what he does. I mean, you know, God loves him because of who he is, not because of what he does. Okay, get an amen. It's the same for all of us, right? This is the unconditional love. This is love that will woo you and change your life. And, and just, it's why I'm standing here today is this type of love, right? This love will overwhelm you and conquer you if you have the audacity to believe it. And so, he is connected to the Lord because of Jesus, because of the righteousness that's been given to him as a gift, Right? And so out of that place, the Spirit of God is going to lead him and guide him into all truth because God knows what's in front of him. So how many know there are times this year where God's going to lead you over here? Because God knows there's a challenge right here. But you may not know. You can't see the challenge or understand the challenge, but how many know you've got to trust the Lord? Okay, get an amen. This is super important. How many know that God may lead Dan in a way that He's not leading you? Is God big enough to have a personal relationship with each individual? Is, you know, Peter got into trouble when he started trying to compare his relationship with God with John's. The Lord was telling Peter what to do. And Peter was like, well, what about that guy? And, G- and Jesus paraphrased, mind your own business. How many know that God had a different call for Peter than he did for John? We are so quick to try to make everybody like us. We are so quick to think if they're not doing things the way we're doing things, then they're not hearing God. 
Is God capable of leading someone else a different, in a different way? Now, not contrary to Scripture. Please understand that. I'm not saying, ain't God I'm never going to lead anybody contrary to Scripture. But God may lead someone in a different way than He leads you according to who they are, where their faith is at, their background, and their understanding. And we have to be big enough in the body of Christ to allow this to happen without feeling like our own relationship with God is threatened. It's so time for the church to quit throwing rocks at each other. And here's the thing. Ain't nobody doing this thing perfect. Nobody. Nobody. Not one person on earth is an expert on God. Because He is way too big to be an expert on. Therefore, in some ways, we're doing well. In some ways, we're making mistakes. Hallelujah. And that's why love covers the multitude of all of it, right? And so God's going to lead him, and God's going to guide him, and God has a path of wisdom for this man to give him a good 2021. How I many know oh, God has a path of wisdom for you and your family to give you a good 2021? You are not dependent upon the seasons of this earth in order to prosper. You are a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. You will bring forth your fruit. You will not be afraid of doubt. You will not be afraid. You will not be afraid. You will not be afraid of fear or drought or any of these things. You're going to bring forth fruit because of this. This connection right here. Now there will be challenges and there will be circumstances, but the giants have become our bread. The giants have become our bread. The giants have become our bread. Can I get an amen? Let's feed on what's trying to kill us. Let's take its head off and let's eat at God's table. Because when God sets a table, your enemies will be there too. But don't be afraid to put your fork in and eat what God has provided for you. Can I get an amen? amen. And so God's going to lead him and God's going to guide him and God's going to roll with him. And he's not going to know the way, but the Lord's going to know the way. Can I get an amen? amen. And how many know we're going we're gonna to walk in love towards each other? We're going to walk in unity in the body of Christ and we're going to quit throwing rocks and we're going to take a stand against the devil. Stand against evil, not against each other. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you, man. All right. Amen. God bless you, bro. Let's give it up for Dan, y'all. Um, let's turn to James chapter 3. And sometimes I think that if we can get a visual on something, um, it, will, it will help us to understand it. And, you know, we've, you know, earlier, a few weeks ago, the Lord really laid the book of James on my heart. And that's the book that we've kind of been working through because, I mean, you know, James was written to a persecuted people. Um, and, and I believe that there is the framework on how to navigate persecution uh, with wisdom and joy and strength. Um, and I believe that template is laid out in the book of James. And so we're, we've been teaching through it, and uh, we're going to pick it up in James chapter 3, and we're going to continue to move through it. I believe we'll probably finish it today and move on to something else, but we'll see what happens. Hallelujah. James chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 1. Can I have this fan on pretty please, somebody? Uh, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a, a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now, I just want to stop here for a moment. And, and your words are a key element in you getting through challenging times 
in times of persecution. Because if you if we allow darkness in our mouths and we allow anger and offense and strife and contention to consume our words, then we will be those who are cursing more than we are blessing. We are not called to be cursers. We are called to be blessers. How I many you know out, out of the same fountain shouldn't bring forth salt water and sweet water? And, and so there is, it's easy to run off at the mouth in seasons of challenge. And here's the thing, the more you run off at the mouth, and the more there is cursing, and I'm not talking about literal curse words, you know, although I would encourage you not to do that either, but, but I'm talking about speaking evil and speaking vile and being angry and offended and living in a state to yielding your tongue to that which destroys rather than yielding your tongue to that which heals. Now, never should you ever compromise on the truth. How I many know we take a stand for truth? What is truth? Scripture. I'm not encouraging you to be complicit or apathetic or you know, roll with the punches or any of those things. No, you take a stand for the truth. You don't, ta- you don't stop taking a stand for the truth. But your tongue yielded to the Spirit of God. The, how many know the tongue of the just is as choice silver? The tongue of the silver represents redemption. The lips of the righteous feed many. See, there are people that should be feeding from your mouth, but they're dodging your bullets. We've allowed a worldly wisdom to infiltrate our approach to the kingdom. And we're going to take a look at that this morning. This is what this passage is really talking about. It's it's a a walking away. How many of you there is a worldly wisdom? And how many it works in the world? But how many of the worldly wisdom and kingdom wisdom is not the same thing? Amen. And so anyway, let me just continue here. It says, if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, and they are turned by a very small helm, very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So we see small things um, can control big things. And if, we can, if you can control your mouth, then you can control the direction of your life, and you can also help maintain the atmosphere of your home. I mean, you know, if we live in a state of offended anger, it's going to impact our marriage. If we live in a state of offended anger, it's going to impact our children. It's going to impact everything. How I many know you're not called to live angry? Now listen, I know there are things that have happened and probably will continue to happen that will make the righteous angry. But your default setting is not anger. Your default setting is peace. If I trust that the Lord is the one who's going to bring the vindication, that I don't have to bear the sword in my hand and cut off the ears of those who actually need to hear the words of life from my mouth. I'm asking you to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves in the days ahead. There's there's a road that the church has got to navigate that only the Spirit of God can lead. 
And we can't join the hordes of angry, offended people and think that we're, we're actually operating in the kingdom. We're descending into an earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom that's actually producing more destruction and division. You are primarily called to be a peacemaker. Now, doesn't mean you compromise in the midst of that. Please understand that. I'm not asking you to compromise, compromise truth. I'm not asking you to, to stop taking a strong stance on what you believe. We need that. I mean, you know, if, we don't, if, we don't, if we don't maintain the standard, then it's gone. We are the salt. We are the light. We must maintain the standard. But we're going to have to get control of our mouths in our personal lives and on social media and, and we're going to have to, to recognize that your, your mouth should be dominated by the Lord, not dominated by the affairs of this life. How I many know oh, God saw darkness but spoke light? How I many know oh, Lazarus was dead but Jesus said he's sleeping? How I many know oh, if we join in and we chime in with the God-given authority that's been given to us and we turn our mouths into jackhammers of destruction, then we can't build and plant and bring restoration and redemption to the things that are being destroyed. How many know your mouth is called to bless? Let's look at it in the context of Scripture. So, so see how great a, a force, a, see how great a force a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body, it sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. So now, this takes the responsibility off of us. You have no ability to tame your tongue. We can collectively sigh, right? Amen. Now, how, do you, how is the tongue tamed? Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I'm bringing in the report of the Lord, then I will speak the report of the Lord. If I, am, if I am bringing in the report of the world, then I will speak the report of the world. I mean, you know, in this time, God needs His people operating according... Because you've been given a tremendous amount of authority. Do you understand that? All human beings have been given a tremendous amount of authority, but people of, people of God have tremendous amount of authority. And, and, and if we would use our mouths to pray rather than fight, um, I, I believe things would be things have the opportunity to, 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 to happen differently. Because see, the, the, the battle is too big for you. Okay, The battle is too big for any political figure. The battle is too big for our founding fathers. The battle is too big for America. The battle is too big for the world. Do you know who the battle is not too big for? The Lord. The Lord has the ability to bring change. The Lord does. How do we do that? We invite Him... In, we trust Him. How I many know if I'm trusting the Lord, I'm not freaked out? If I am trusting the Lord, I'm not freaked out. Evidence of faith is rest. You know how, you know, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles, right? Amen. This is how you fight your battles. Don't, you, you, you can't live wigged out. You can't watch video after video after video of filling your heart with fear. Not if, you want to, not if you want to make a difference and change the world. Not if you want to be a part of the answer. You've got to feed on the report of the Lord. You've got to feed on what the Lord has said. 
I mean, I mean, oh, God's got good things for 2021. Can I get an amen? amen. I need one, man. It's, we don't have to be afraid. The, the, battle, this, the, the battle is the Lord's. But what fear does is fear puts you in a position of trying to micromanage everything with information. I must take in more information. Because if I get more information, then I can somehow be in control. Taking more information so I can be in control. Taking more information so I can be in control. You can take in so much information that your heart is so full of fear and anger and offense that you cannot control what you say. And so, like, we got to push pause on the report of the world. I'm not encouraging you to bury your head in the sand. I'm not encouraging you to do that. But I'm saying, like, if we'll feed on life, out of our mouth will come life. But if we constantly feed on, on death and distraction and all of these things, out of your mouth's going to come forth cursing. And then, and then what ends up happening is we're not a part of the answer. We become another facet of the problem. Amen. This is not one of those shout me down because I'm preaching good messages. I'm fully aware of that. Um, and so, and then it goes on and says, talking about the tongue, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, bless our, bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who've been made in the similitude of God. Hmm. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. How many know if the enemy can hijack your authority by offending you? Then you'll speak in line with his plans and and he'll bring forth destruction out of your mouth. And the whole time you're mad at him, but you're attacking people that actually need Jesus. And we've got to allow, we've got to turn from the worldly wisdom and we've got to embrace the godly wisdom. Because God has a wisdom, and we're going to look at it in this passage of Scripture. And this whole book is written for a persecuted people. This is what, count it all joy, when, when, when trials and tribulations and things come, right? And, and, and right here, he's addressing the mouth. He's like, you've got to get control of your mouth. Because how many you know an uncontrolled mouth is revealing an uncontrolled mind? Right? And how many know God has peace for you and rest for you? Okay, get an amen. What if the Lord came in here today and said, 2021, I've got it. Relax. You don't have to freak out. I got it. If he physically came in here and said that, right? What if he said that? How many know he, he, he has said that without having to physically say it? Okay? God's not worried. God's not afraid. God's not concerned. But He needs us to be Spirit-led rather than anger and offense-driven. Because I mean, Or fear-driven. How many know fear will drive you? Anger will drive you. Offense will drive you. Spirit of God will establish peace and then lead you. Say this. Do this. Pray here. Take a stand here. Talk here. 
But if you if we have so left the place of peace, I mean, you know, without there being a presence of peace in your heart, it can be difficult for the Spirit of God to lead you. Because you're so emotionally charged that you can't hear the still small voice. Because you're too busy being driven by the hordes of angry and upset and offended people. I mean, we've we got to go over and get into this place of peace to get on that wavelength of righteousness, that wavelength of the Spirit, so that the Spirit of God can lead us. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm emotionally charged, it can be difficult for me to really... How I many know you can be emotionally charged and push back at the leading of the Spirit? Oh yeah. Amen. See, it's easy to do. And I'm just saying, like, we just really have to stop doing that. We have to take a, take a break and chill. And here's the thing. You can be emotionally charged for a good cause, but you can be totally in the flesh in your presentation of what's true and what's right. And if, you, and if we're in the flesh, we're warring according to the flesh, and we're actually working for the enemy and we don't realize it. So quiet here today, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. God help us. God help us. And He is. Right here. He says, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. Out of your mouth, blessing. Out of your, how many of you know you can bless and still maintain your standard of truth at the same time? How many of you know you can bless and maintain your standard of truth and operate in rest, trusting that the Lord has got the situation and got it handled? We can do it. Now, you may have to labor to enter into that rest. Amen. And that and it's it's um, and from what I have found, you don't labor and enter into the rest and stay there eternally. How I many know? There, there's an element of labor to... I mean, you know, sometimes you pop out of rest and you got to get back in and rest again. It's just time with the Lord that, that, that causes it to happen. Uh, but you need, we need to be operating out of a place of peace so that we can be Spirit-led. Now, I'm going to read this next thing to you here, and I'm going to read it all in context, and I'm going to go back through it, and I'm going to work it through. I'm gonna, we're going to discuss it and break it down because I'm, we're going to take a look at godly wisdom and worldly wisdom, okay? James chapter 3, verse 13. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Peace is not compromise. Do you all understand that? How I many of the world has a compromising peace? They have a sticker on the back of their car that says coexist, right? Amen. That's garbage. You know, and um, nothing against their concept. They're like, can't we all get along? No, Jesus is the line drawn in the sand. Jesus does not um, 
play well with other gods. <laughs> God never has. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. So I'm not talking about a, a peace that's based on compromise. I'm talking about you have an eternal, powerful, heavenly, aggressive peace that's placed on the inside of you that's greater than the storms around you. How many know when they were going through the storm and the disciples were freaked out? Why were the disciples freaked out? Because they thought they were going to die. Why did they think they were going to die? Because they were going through a storm. Who told them to go to the other side? Jesus did. He didn't tell them there was going to be a storm, but there was a storm. How many know Jesus was totally at rest because He knew that His God, His Father, was greater than all. And if His Father told Him to go to the other side, then they were going to the other side. And so Jesus was in the ultimate place of rest. He was asleep. And they felt as though the Lord didn't care about them. Because, I mean, you know, when God tells you to go to the other side, generally it's a sunny day when He says go. Can I get an amen? Because that's how the Lord works. It's a sunny, beautiful day. This is your calling. You're going to the other side. Woo! You all just, oh, I'm about to do it right here. We were talking about it earlier. <laughs> going to the other side. Those of you watching, you don't know what we're talking about, but it's funny. Just laugh. <laughs> going to the other side. But how many know in the journey to the other side, there will be a storm or two or 10 or 12, right? But how many know you going to the other side? How many know they all went to the other side? Some of them freaked out. One of them did not. One of them trusted that they were going to go to the other side. The others did not. But how many know Jesus, whose peace was undisturbed by the storm, stood up and released His peace on the storm, and there was calm. And they were immediately to the other side. The peace inside of you is stronger than the turmoil that's in this earth. Don't, don't live in a an, an disturbed, unpeaceful state. Don't live like that. You're better than that. Can I get an amen? You're better than that. See, the enemy... When, how many know when you're at rest is when you're most confident? How many know Scripture tells you to be bold as a lion? Not bold as a chihuahua. <laughs> they are. They are. They have something to prove. <laughs> but if you think about it, a chihuahua has something to prove. A lion does not. Every time I've ever seen a lion at the zoo, you know what he's doing? Chilling. You see him out in the Sahara, what are they doing? Chilling. The righteous are bold as lions, and the display of your boldness is rest because God's got this. Because God's got this. So don't water down your boldness to Chihuahua level and spend your days yapping at the heels of those who don't believe like you and just enter back into your place of sonship and rest and be bold as a lion. And be active when it's time to be active and when it's not time to be active, rest. I mean, you know, there are times when lions are active, when they defend. When they're, they're, when they're ready to fight, it's fearsome. But 90% of the time they're chilling because they're unthreatened. Your God is greater than all. Your God is not surprised. His path is not ruined. His plan is not over. Amen. Just because the storm hits 
doesn't mean we're not going to the other side. Amen? So you have a powerful peace that's on the inside of you that you need right now. You need to be able to unleash that peace on those around you. Amen. Okay, so now let's begin to work through this worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, I'll just say this here for a moment. The evidence of wisdom is not knowledge. The evidence of wisdom is, is conduct. is what you're doing in the way that you're carrying yourself. Now, once again, you know, you're forgiven. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and God loves you. But how many know a pathway of wisdom will save you from some hard knocks? A pathway of wisdom will save you from some trouble. Amen. And then he goes on, he says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking... This word self-seeking is so interesting. It's the word aretheia in, in the Greek, and this is what it means, listen. Ambition, rivalry, self-seeking, feud, faction, acting for one's own gain regardless of the discord or strife that it causes. I mean, oh, that's how the world operates. I'm going to take what's mine. I'm going to take it however I can take it. I'm going to lie. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to steal. I'm going to be violently aggressive to take what's mine. Now, how many know that the kingdom should not be filled with ambition, rivalry, self-seeking, factions, acting for one's own gain, regardless of the discord or strife that it causes. That's a carnal and fleshly wisdom that should not be in the kingdom. Amen. That's the world's wisdom. We don't flow like the world flows. How many know in the world, in order to get promoted, you got to push somebody else down? How many know in the world, in order to get where you're going, you got to stab somebody in the back? How many of the kingdom's not like that? How many know God's promotion, how many know true promotion comes from above? In love, we serve. We don't have to get caught up in the cutthroat rat race of this world. Amen. And he says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and, and demonic. So there is an there is a worldly wisdom, right? But it shouldn't be in the kingdom. For where envy and self-seeking, that word aretheia, exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. I feel like the church at large has, been, has descended into like a worldly wisdom and there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of anger and hurt and offense and we're rallying around a good cause, we're rallying and taking the stand, but we're not doing it with a godly wisdom. Doing it with an earthly, earthly, devilish wisdom. And it's not, I mean, you know, flesh can't produce spirit. Amen. Spirit produces spirit. And we have to be careful. Can, I, can, can y'all turn this fan off now? I'm sorry, I'm being a diva up here. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, John. <laughs> Amen. Can I get those green M&M's? I think I asked somebody for those green M&M's. <laughs> right here in this dish, slightly warmed. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Amen. Just kidding. Um, but we can't, flesh is not going to produce spirit. And so we have to, if we're going to truly war, and we're going to truly battle, which we're called to, we need to do it from our position 
of victory and from our position of sons and daughters and from our position of rest. Amen. So let me read to you that word for confusion. It's the word akastasia, and it literally means, it means so where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, akastasia, and every evil thing are there. Let's, let's unpack this word. Disturbance, upheaval, revolution, anarchy, first in the political and then in the moral sphere. I didn't write this. Greek scholars wrote this. That is what that word confusion means. And every evil thing are there. And so what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to get the church so offended and hurt and angry that we're living in a state of confusion. And then there's this ambition and rivalry and factions and this cutthroat atmosphere that's trying to, with tentacles, wrap wrap itself with dark, darkness tentacles trying to wrap itself around the hearts of the children of God to where that our mouths would become fountains of cursing so that He could take our authority and use it against us. And how many know that we need to turn our back on this, on, on this earthly wisdom? Turn our back on it. Repent from it. Turn away from it. And embrace our, the godly wisdom and restore our tongues back to a place of blessing. Because I'm here to tell you right now, if we're not blessing things, no one else is. And I'm not encouraging you to to bless things that dishonor God. I would never encourage you to do that. But I am encouraging you to pray for the people who are deceived so that they can awake out of their deception and they can choose life and they themselves can be saved. How many know you are called to pray for your enemies, not attack them? How many know, you're, you're, how many know we're, we're, we're called as, as, as blessers and peacemakers and we're to release blessing, we're not to release curse? How many know everybody's complaining these days? Everybody's just complaining. Do you know that complaining will not make the quality of your life any better? I mean, there's a problem right here, right? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about the problem. Let's talk about the problem. Problem, 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 problem. Complain, 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 complain. Offended, anger, bitty, bitterness, blah, blah, blah. Yielding my tongue to darkness, to speak darkness. And what that's doing is, how I many know it's not helping anything? It's just not. You know? How I many know that, 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 that we're in this place where people will rally around and fellowship around the complaining? Like if you out in the store somewhere, let's complain. Let's complain. And it's not the kingdom. How I many know that your, our hearts should be filled with gratitude? The problems are clear, okay? We don't, we don't need any more dissertation on the problems. We need to return our hearts back to a place of trusting the Lord, resting in the Lord, speaking life, praying, and being thankful. Because your your angry cynicism is not doing anything and changing the world. It's actually shedding more darkness and it's poisoning your own heart. 
and it's impacting you and your family and those around you. And I just encourage you to get rid of it. I know that was a, that was a strong analogy, and I apologize, but that's what it felt like. I mean, it just there's just this yuck. Let go. Hey, did Jesus die? Did He conquer darkness? Does He have a plan for our lives? Amen? We, 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 we've, got to, we've got to get back onto the victory note. And we've got to turn our backs on this, on, this, on this worldly wisdom, man. Because what it does is it's not advancing the kingdom of God. Now, let's take a look at, the, at, at godly wisdom. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. How I many know oh, this is a different type of wisdom? There's a, there's a beauty that's here. There's an element of peace that's here, right? There's an element of truth that's here. Now, please understand. How I many know oh, Jesus made a whip and tossed the temple tables? And He operated in godly wisdom the entire time that He did it. But Jesus' eyes were never on the Roman Empire because He knew they were puppets of darkness. His eyes was fix the, the church so that the den of thieves can be removed so that the house of God can become a place of relationship and prayer so that change can happen as a result of removing the darkness. Not slicing off Roman soldiers' ears in a time of offense and anger. You never see him do it. Not one time. Jesus said, they give him a coin. Render to Caesar what's Caesar's. Render to God what's God's. Now, I'm not encouraging you to not take a strong political stance. I'm not encouraging you to not take a stance on what's true and what's right. But what I am... Remember, we don't war against flesh and blood. Our kingdom is not of this world. We are a part of the kingdom of God. And we've got to get back to the kingdom of God to rout darkness uh, so, that, so that it can have an impact in the world that we're living in. But if we are descending in this strife-filled, ambitious confusion and all of this worldly wisdom, the enemy is nullifying us with our own anger. He's removing us as a threat because we become just as much a part of the problem. And I'll give you an example of this. How many know the enemy plays both sides? When Martin Luther came, and he, you know, uh, talking about the monk, when he nailed the thesis on, on, the, on the wall, you know, talking about being justified by faith, uh, how many know it, it brought just an awesome time of reformation for the church, and people began to have a relationship with God again, and all of these wonderful things. But then zealots went too far and they started killing priests. And so it looked like Martin Luther was inciting violence against the church. And how many know he was not inciting violence against the church? But what happened was the enemy plays both sides of the field. If he can't leave you trapped here, he'll try to push you so far here to where you become a problem on this side. And so... What, what, we have, what we have to do is we have to maintain that place of rest, that place of peace, allow the Lord to speak out of our mouths, 
and to, to recognize that we don't war against... How many know you don't fight evil with evil? How many know you fight evil with good? Good is what beats evil, not more evil. Amen. And so it says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Once again, peace is not compromise, but, we, but, but peace is, is peace. It's that shalom. Now, James chapter 4 and verse 1, and it's... Now, now here's the question. How are we going to be free from this worldly wisdom? How, how are we going to get set free from it? Like, wh- how are we going to do it? Well, this next chapter talks about it, and here's the key element. Key element right here. Humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, when I think that I have to be in control, and I have to do it, and it's all about me and my and my agenda and what I got to say, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm actually factoring the Lord out of it. And if I will humble myself under Almighty God's hand, and trust Him, then I can, out of a place of rest, be set free from this worldly demonic wisdom and, and enter in back into a place of being what God has called me to be, which is a son and daughter of God. Once again, I'm not talking about compromising truth, but what I am saying, that if I'll humble my... How I many know you can try to be in control or you can let God be in control? How I many know if you're in control, you're wigged out? If you're in control, you're freaked out. Why? Because you can't handle it. But if I'm trusting that the Lord can handle it, then I can be at a place of peace, and then I can hear on what He tells me to do. Because how many know He's going to tell you to do some stuff? He's going he's to give you direction. But if I'm in a state of being freaked out concerning that, then it's because I'm the one trying to be in control. How many know at the end of the day, ultimately, all things work together for our good. Amen? That's the attitude of trust and rest. All things work together for our good. So in order to allow worldly wisdom to be purged out of you, you've got to humble yourself and trust God. Amen? Let's look at it. James chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? See, so many times we use this passage of Scripture and we, and we, marry, we marry it to immorality. And there's nothing wrong with that. But how many of the context of this passage is worldly wisdom? I mean, he's been talking about worldly wisdom the whole time. I mean, no, I don't want to partner with the world's way of getting things done to produce what I think is a godly result. That's friendship with the world. How <clears throat> I many know David had a promotion that was coming from the Lord? And how I many know that the people around him encouraged him to take a worldly route to the throne? Kill Saul. I mean, there were many opportunities for him to kill Saul. You know who wanted him to kill Saul? The devil did. Because how many know if he killed Saul, he would have become a Saul? And so worldly wisdom was there to be his friend, was there to try to talk to him. Hey, God promised you the throne. 
Make it happen. You can make it happen in your own strength. All you got to do is kill Saul. Look, the Lord's given you opportunity to kill Saul. But how many of you know David was wiser than that? He said, I'm not going to kill Saul. Saul is God's problem. Saul's not my problem, it's God's problem. How many of you know Saul took out Saul? And that's the way it was supposed to be. <clears throat> David wasn't supposed to take out Saul. If David would have killed Saul, he would have become a Saul. We can't take the world's wisdom and try to produce and try to make a godly result happen. We're going to have to chill out, step back, and trust God and humble ourselves and say, God, you got this. What do you want me to do? What's my part? Most of the time, he's going to say pray. Most of the time, he's going to say love. Most of the time, he's going to, you know. But we have to make sure that we're allowing him to lead us and not our anger and our offense to lead us. So the context of this passage, friendship with the world, and I'm not saying there's not a moral context to this because there definitely is, but I don't, want to, I don't want to join in with Hagar to produce Ishmael. And I feel like there's an Ishmael move in the body of Christ right now. Because we want revival so bad, we want an awakening so bad, that we're trying to make it happen. We will not rally around, the kingdom will not rally around hate. The kingdom will not rally around these things. How many know there is an awakening coming? But how many know Ishmael always comes before Isaac? How many know Hagar is represented, if she was an Egyptian? <coughs> She's a representative of the worldly way of doing things. How many know that you, you can take worldly wisdom and you can try to use it in the ministry? Oh, yes, you can. You know, I got to get this, I got to say this, I got to flatter so and so, I got to rub shoulders with this person, I got to make this person look bad so I can look good. Y'all ever encountered any of that before? I mean, that's nasty. Oh, I'm so glad I'm away from all that. But it's, it's a worldly wisdom. It's a fleshly, carnal pursuit, even though ultimately what they want is something God-given. But how many know, in order for David not to kill Saul, he had to humble himself under the mighty hand of God and trust that God would bring the promotion and not his own hand? Y'all tracking me here? I know I'm belaboring this point, but I just want to drive it home. Because worldly wisdom can be attractive. It, it, it speaks to our emotions. It speaks to our hurt hearts. And, and we want, how I many you know, a lot of times we want vindication. We want justice. Give me justice. Give me vindication. And certainly the Lord, and we're going to look at this in this chapter, how I many know the Lord has vindication? And the Lord has justice. But how I many know it's, He's going to be the one doing it, not us? If we try to do it, We'll end up becoming just like Saul. We don't want that. So it says, Do not you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world and makes himself an enemy of God? Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns to jealousy? I mean, all the Spirit of God doesn't want us being emotionally and offendedly led. He wants us to be led by Him. But it says it right here. Here's our answer. <clears throat> but He gives more grace. 
Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Okay? Trust Him. How many of David had to submit to God that God was going to take care of Saul? How many of we have to submit to God that God's going to take care of our nation, that God's going to take care of the world, that God's going to take care of the church at large, all these things, right? <clears throat> the fight of faith is a fight of rest. Doesn't mean inactivity, it means spirit-led activity out of a place of trusting that God has it. Amen. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So we come into this place of humility. We come into this place of relationship. Cleanse your hands. Now, here's some really strong words. Once again, the context of this passage of Scripture is believers who've been caught up in worldly wisdom. Doing things the world's way. All the things I just described. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. The way that worldly wisdom falls off of us like dark chains off of our heart is through through humility, man. Humbling ourselves and trusting that God's got this. And then he goes on and he starts going back to the mouth again. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you are a judge of the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Once again, he's gotten back to our mouths again. Talking about the words that we speak. And then he brings it over into the reality (coughs) of the shortness of life. Okay, How many know that this small piece of life is a flash in the pan compared to eternity? Amen? Because he's trying to bring things into perspective. Why? It's a challenging time. (coughs) Excuse me. It's a trying time. He's having challenges. But he brings it back in. He says, come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live this or do this. How many know this looks more like wisdom? Acknowledging the Lord, recognizing this is the Lord's, all of this is the Lord's. But now you boast in your arrogance... All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And so, it's just bringing everything back into perspective. How many know there's a lot of correction in this book? But how many know this correction is because of God's love for us, and God doesn't want anything hijacking us that's going to harm us or hurt us or cause us to be more of the problem. God wants us to be spirit-led children of God in this present evil world. We are light. We are salt. We are a witness. We are the reason this whole thing isn't just falling to pieces. And we've got to stay the course. We've got to keep our, keep our, our hands to the plow. We've got to keep on blessing and not cursing. Not compromising truth, but not getting caught up in this carnal wisdom. Now, And then we'll just roll through this and we'll be finished. Because now the Lord's about to say, here, let me show you what vindication looks like. 
How many know God, when God vindicates, He vindicates completely? And, th- and then He starts laying this out. And Because and, how many know a, a lot of the problems that we have in this world is that the people that have all the money don't have God. <laughs> the people, you know, the, 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 the elites and the people who, who really are kind of controlling things and calling the shots, a lot of these people are not inspired by the Lord. But how many know that worldly wealth only lasts for a season? And how many know worldly wealth can be dropped in a moment of time? I mean, we're living in a time where, man, the stock market and, and Bitcoin and all of these things, these things are fluctuating like this. How many think everything that can be shaken will be shaken? And people who put all their trust in money and wealth and power, <clears throat> there's a humbling. How many know whose earth is this? It's the Lord's. And there is an element of vindication, but it will come from the Lord. It will not come from us. Let's read it. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you. Why are they corroded? Because they've been heaped up and gathered together. How I many you know the purpose of the true purpose of money is, and wealth is to help people and to love people. It should never heap up and become a status symbol. I mean, it should always be flowing and helping people. And so what, he, what he's exposing here is the stinginess of their hearts. And that's why he's saying um, that, it's, that it's, it's corrupted and corroded because it's just laid, it's laid here for so long. Anyway. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You've heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborer who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of war. You've lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You've fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just, and he does not resist you. How I many, ladies and gentlemen, we've seen this all happen? But you have to understand who's going to take care of that? The Lord is. The Lord is. The Lord is. Amen. And then this one, then he goes on, he says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, <laughs> until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain, you also be patient. Don't don't take the sword against Saul. Be patient. Establish your hearts for the the coming of the Lord is at hand. How many know vindication is coming? Amen? It says, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Once again, anyway, I'm not going to belabor that point. I'm just going to keep reading. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. How many know Job had a really difficult nine months? But how many know nine months came and went, and then at the end, he was seven times more blessed than he was initially? Right? So you have to understand, there is a vindication. There is a reformation that's happening. And at the end of the day, let the Lord vindicate you. How many of the Lord vindicated Job? How many of you did? 
A lot of times we read the book of Job and we think this thing lasted 20 years. It's nine months. You know? But there was a vindication, there was a restitution, and there was a remuneration, and there was a redemption. And God always does that. Amen? Then he goes on and says, Above all, my brethren, do not, see, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or with any oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. And then he just starts really just going into finishing, <clears throat> finishing everything off in wisdom. And, and, but I just want to bring out, we're not our vindicators, the Lord is our vindicators, let's trust the Lord. But I'm going to read through this so that we can finish it, because it's all good. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The affectant, fervorous prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain in the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the errors of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. Amen. Book of James, template on how to navigate the days ahead. I, do, I think we have great days ahead. I think we have awesome days ahead. I, don't, I, I do think there's going to be, there's going to be challenges. But once again, we're not going to run from our giants. We're going to run towards our giants. We don't have to be stronger than the challenges. Our God is stronger than the challenges. Amen? We have to, to maintain our hearts in peace, maintain our hearts in rest, be a part of the answer, don't be a part of the problem, be spirit-led in what you're doing. Just like Dan in the beginning, like, like how many know God can navigate this year? But the key element, the key element is relationship. Right here, with the Lord. Amen? And allowing him to lead and allowing him to, to, to tell us what to do. And, um, and I, I believe there's going to be awesome things. And I do believe there's going to be an awakening, you know. I believe it's going to happen within the next four years. That's what I believe. And it's going to be amazing. But it, it, will, it will be one that's based out of the Spirit, not based out of the flesh. It will be based out of uh, the kingdom. Amen. So, awesome. Praise God. Amen. Book of James, man, there's a lot of correction in it, amen? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray and talk to God. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, we've, uh, we've worked through this book, and Lord, I, I thank you that 2,000 years later, you weren't surprised, and you know exactly how to navigate this season. And Lord, I just thank you for the encouragement the hearts of your children. I thank you even for the correction, Lord, that has come, that uh, we would uh, not be friends with the world, Lord, but we would be yoked to you and you only. And Lord, I just, I thank you that the days ahead are good days, Lord, and uh, you have great, great days for your family. And Lord, I just thank you that they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. And I just thank you that all the words that, that are from you, Lord, that they would come into our hearts and they would bring correction and, and even just a separation in the way that we view things. Help us to see things the way you see things, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves under your hand. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for that. And I thank you above everything else, Lord, we're just so aware of how much you love us. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, if you need to give an omelet this morning, uh, lift your hand up and we'll give one to you.
you guys are watching online and you'd like to give and partner with the ministry, go to gracepointgeorgetown.com and uh, you can give that way. I'm not going to do any type of teaching because we've, we've taught long today. So, amen. Here you go, brother. My dog chewed another hole through the fence, by the way.